0: So uh, welcome everyone to another edition of Kings Kickabout. about uh, today. It's me and Alf, and uh, we will be joined by a special guest who will uh, join us in due course. Uh, so where do you want to begin in the championship, Alf? Because if I were to give a narrative of what's gone on this past week, we had a pretty mon- what what I thought was a pretty mundane weekend of results, but midweek has truly been engrossing to say the least. It
1: really has some some results in the midweek that have really shaken up the league, Uh, having direct impacts, uh, you know, with Jason Tindall getting the sack uh, at Bournemouth. And uh, we await his uh, replacement uh, to um, uh, games affecting uh, uh, the situation at the bottom of the table uh with uh commentary against forest as well as um Rotherham's incredible 3-0 win over Derby County. Um so yeah plenty to uh sink our teeth into.
0: Well yeah we so starting with the Rotherham Derby game just to get out of the way. Uh you said the team who'd score first would win, but did you think whoever would score first would win this convincingly no, or at least No,
1: I I I thought it would be one 0 either way, uh to be honest. Um I would have normally edged for Derby uh, with their upturn in form, but I mean, rather have experienced their own upturn in form, their most recent result. Um, yes, it was a 3 1 defeat to Swansea, but that's very respectable. But And obviously, before that, they had a 3 0 win uh, away at Middlesbrough. Um, and on the other side of the coin, uh, Derby have, you know, um, Christian Bielik has been so crucial uh, to Derby this season. Um, and, you know, his injury. Uh, which has ruled him out for the entire rest of the season. He's done his ACL again, which is really, really gutting. Um, You know, it really gives him uh, an absence of a platform to build uh, from defensive midfield. Uh, But Rotherham were absolutely superb. Uh, Crooks as a number 10 was a standout player throughout the game. Um, Spring balls to the marauding, wing backs of all Sunday and Harding really well. And um, Michael Smith was his usual bastard self. (laughs) um up front um yes it was a set piece that finally broke derby down um, but I mean the thing I've been most impressed with of Rotherham recently has been the ease at which they're scoring against, you know, sides of rock solid defences. Um, you know, that's been, you know, the facet of play that, you know, Rooney has improved the most uh, since he's taken on the job at Derby permanently and obviously we we've waxed lyrical this season about um how how sturdy Middlesbrough's defence is and um, you know, to see Rotherham stick a combined total of six goals past them as uh, as well as one against uh, Swansea, um, you know, really, really does bode well for them. And, you know, um, Bucks via uh, stereotype of them, um, uh, Rotherham and Port One, teams of the past.
0: It does indeed. And I think, you know, you're right. Uh, the likes of Crooks, uh, uh, the likes of Crooks and just them playing good football and also, uh, you know, being menacing in the box, making things difficult. I mean, they had nine shots for 35% possession. Hmm. Uh, which is equal to Derby's, which is near near equal to Derby's ten. So, they made what they had count, and yeah, would you say that they're more of a good footballing side or they're more physical?
1: I'd say that Warren is a very diverse manager, and fundamental to the way they play is grit. However, that manifests itself. Um, okay. You're yeah, deep. Uh, and I mean, we all know of Warren's managerial style, which is bound to have a gal- galvanizing effect on the players, you know, openly sharing personal stories, and uh, obviously, through that, a really deep team bond uh, comes through. And uh, speaking of the team bond, um, Lewis Wing on paper is an exceptional signing uh, for Rotherham. He was, you know, one of the few bright spots in Middlesbrough's season uh last season under Jonathan Woodgate um but I mean I'd, I, it'll be interesting to see if he can you know get in the side ahead of um Dan Barless or Wallace and Lindsay um who have all been uh exceptional in the recent run of results um but you know they've got two games in hand on most teams above them and uh they've got the form over some of the teams above them and uh I'm sure we'll uh, see uh finally uh, the three sides in the relegation zone change after um you know it's been a fair while that it's just been Rotherham Sheffield Wednesday and Wickham. We yeah,
0: uh, and should Derby uh, be downbeat after this result? How should well, be-
1: <sighs> I don't think they should be too downbeat of the result, but I think the injury to Belec is really worrying because um, it's forced the shift back to a four at the back, um, and, you know, obviously, as, as we've talked about, you know, the five at the back that Rooney's uh, introduced, it seems like it just, it's just—it's still bizarre to just say Rooney uh, in the managerial context of it's RFM. Um But, yeah, it, it, it's going to put an increased workload on Graham Shinney um, and Max Bird as well, who obviously, as, as we've talked about, hasn't been the same player uh, that he was last season. Um, I mean, Benny Beningame is a nice deadline day signing from Everton, and I'm sure Rooney has an eye of bleeding him in uh, to the midfield role. Um, But they have made some other decent additions in January as well. Um, He's obviously used his links to get Ted and me uh, in the United. Um, And, uh, you know, uh, Lee Gregory is a, I wouldn't say a proven championship goal scorer,
0: um, but in the right system and given the right chance. Uh, well the thing thing with lee gregory was you know he he was quite the figure at millwall he was their go-to man for goals he didn't get too many but you know uh there was still some level of respect so then he went to stoke which was a move up but now he's at derby uh and he he wasn't that prolific at stoke to say the least.
1: no he, he really wasn't um and uh well i mean he's just a long line and a uh he's just part of a long line sorry of um a series of strokes stroke strikers who you know haven't lived, lived up uh to their signing billing um but they still have a broad upward trajectory derby um i mean yes they played bristol city off the park at the weekend but i think that talks that says more about bristol city than it does them. and uh we'll talk about Bristol City a bit later um and uh so so yeah i wouldn't be too worried about derby um especially since It's beginning to look like two teams are kind of nailed for the drop in Birmingham and Wickham. Uh, But as we say, a lot can change.
0: Yeah. So uh, in terms of other results in the championship, uh, we have so we've discussed. uh, Do you want to move on to? it's time. I think we discussed Bournemouth and yep. Sheffield Wednesday. Sheffield Wednesday with a surprise win. <laughs> oh, look, if you're a team in the play, no, just just a sense of context. If you're if you're a team, you know you you you're thinking this is as good as a chance as any to uh, be a uh, Bournemouth team low on confidence, yep. no matter how high up in the league they're. That, that's exactly what uh, Sheffield Wednesday went and did, having only three, 33 percent possession in that game. Uh,
1: absolutely. Um... And uh, obviously, it being the the, the Nell and Jason Tyndall's short-lived Bournemouth managerial career, um, aside from a few performances where individual quality has really taken hold, Bournemouth haven't been overly impressive so far this season. Despite their standing in the league, uh,
0: well, you were impressed with them earlier on in the season, but I guess you're right. I was more individual. well, it's
1: it's difficult because like Tindall was doing the right, sensible, basic things on paper. Um, which, you know, at the start of the season is fine when you're building a foundation, you know, for 46 games. Um, but now we're at a stage where, you know, philosophy really has to shine through and you need to add tactical depth and sophistication for that. Um, Tyndall I mean, quite simply wasn't offering yet. Yeah. Um, I'm having a real frustration with, you know, trying to cram in the big earners in, um, in, you know, uh, Danjuma, uh, mainly. Uh, But also, you know, um, Stanislas and Brooks as well. Just, yeah, as I say, trying to cram them into the uh, starting 11. Um, I think they need to go, A, back to a five at the back, to be honest, um, where Lloyd Kelly can really excel on the left side of the back three. Um, And also, I'd like to see, you know, Sam Surridge uh, get brought in. Um, I'm sure Woodgate will, as he did at Middlesbrough, have a few shake-ups with his uh, team selection, some of which will baffle fans. Um, uh but yeah it's 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 going to be interesting to see um another peculiar, uh peculiar excuse me uh decision on behalf of Tyndall uh was bringing in Jack Wilshire uh so soon uh yes he scored a nice goal against Crawley in the FA Cup. but It's definitely disrupted the midfield balance. um Cook and Lerma uh, were really starting to build a nice understanding um you know with a with a uh, um, as I like to call a shit sweeper. Uh, alongside more elegant progressives in the midfield they seem to complement each other very well. Um, I hope Ben Pearson gets brought in. Uh, he's obviously been an absolute stalwart for Preston over the past few years and he's finally uh, got a move uh, to a club that doesn't keep on fading away whenever we praise him. <laughs> um, well, we've got to see with Bournemouth. Um, but it has got to the stage where you know Bournemouth looked nailed on for at least a playoff spot. Um, and it's at the stage now where you know Middles Middlesbrough, Middlesbrook and, and many others are starting to smell blood.
0: Indeed, and uh, we'll, we'll preview this as we go along. When Middlesbrough do travel up to Brentford on Saturday, and that 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 game will have big implications for uh, uh, the title challenge. Now, uh, in the context of the sacking of Jason Tindall, uh, you know it's easy to assume that Bournemouth, AFC Bournemouth are. Uh, you know they're are a club on a short budget, a bit like an Accrington, a bit a bit like a fish, very grossly out of water. However, they are actually owned by a fellow whose whose surname is Denim. He he he's a very rich uh, Russian billionaire. So you know, Bournemouth don't don't let a, a, the the Vitality Stadium fool you. They are they do have a respectable financial banking backing, so to say, as far as football league clubs go, and. uh you know especially without revenues and the losses they're going to make uh, there is a great onus for them with the wages they're paying yeah, to they, you get know, back into the Premier League. they, they do said, um
1: okay. just to slightly temper that uh the infrastructure behind the club isn't quite there despite their riches um you know they're not a brighton uh the stadium ready to go the training gown ready to go the academy ready to go and um i mean bournemouth are never going to have the academy ready to go um, you know, with Southampton just dominating that catchment area of players, um, I think the fundamental inference we have from the Tyndall sacking is that Bournemouth are desperate to get promoted this season. Um, you know, that was, it was clearly you know we 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 don't have time, for, you know, philosophy implementation or anything like that. We just need to get back into the Premier League this season, um, and if that is the inference. Uh, that just makes the, you know, okay, yes, Woodgate, temporary uh, in charge. Fair enough. He's playing an absolute blinder. I had to get himself that job. Um, but it does kind of, you know, smell like he'll become the permanent manager, uh, which is just bizarre because he did nothing to stand out in the middle of the last season. And, um, you know, short-term options, well, not even short-term options are available. Uh, banker options, I should say, are available. I mean, with the form that Sheffield Wednesday are in under caretaker Neil Thompson, he's been absolutely brilliant for them. Are they going to go in for the kiln, Paul Cook, anymore? I'm not sure. Um, yes, obviously Bournemouth and Paul Cook doesn't really seem like a marriage uh, made in heaven. Um, but, you know, it's, it's an option for them. There are plenty others. Um, so uh, we'll definitely be uh, keeping a close eye on the involving situation. OK.
0: Yeah, we will be indeed. So, in terms of your candidates, uh, Paul Cook and who, who, anyone else you think of? they um, well, do want to
1: come in people who've been telling Danny Cowley. It, it is difficult because there's a lot of backroom staff, including you know Woodgate at Bournemouth, who have been specifically brought in, and the Cowleys, you know, do like to bring in their whole team of people. Um, even though I think the Cowleys would be a really nice to for um, you know, they, they, they seem to suit those, those kind of, you know, uh, seaside uh, clubs, if that makes sense, um, that's like a punch above their weight. Um, I mean, and look, they deserve a job in the championship and a high job in the championship. Um, uh, so yeah, I, 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 guess they would be a oh, man, the standout candidates.
0: Yeah. So the Cowleys down at Bournemouth. That's an interesting proposition. A lot of ego. Well i would say there well, it's not quite Chelsea, but then again there's some quite a few high high wages. Some good players, but a bit of cohesiveness missing in that dressing room, you're right. Uh so yeah, good win for Sheffield Wednesday there. Uh also in well I think in, in midweek, uh we had uh well we had Brentford uh, at home to Bristol City. A very exciting game on paper, of course, uh, regardless of Bristol City's many injuries. And uh, despite Bristol City taking a very early lead, Brentford uh, coming back and showing some grit to uh, win fairly convincingly, despite... A
1: cost yeah, um, a lot to discuss here. Um, on the Bristol City side of things, it is important to remember their injuries. Um, and that's been further compounded with the news that Chris Martin is going to be out for two months, which is an absolute sickener for them. But they are one of the most impotent teams in the championship right now. There just seems no, there, there doesn't seem a consistent method, a plan um, of scoring goals, apart from, you know, hopefully um, Samora Juju's clinical streak continues when the chances do fall to him. Um, That is going to have to be resolved very quickly. Um, Otherwise, with so many sides in the championship, either experiencing upturns in form in the bottom half of the league or at current not getting their just results and probably soon that trend will change. Huddersfield stand out as a key example of that as do Luton. Bristol City are going to drop like an absolute stone. Um, And As I say, two of the relegation spots look already sewn up, but do not rule out another Hull happening. Um, You know, obviously Hull was an extreme case last season, but A, it sets the precedent for it happening again. Um, But also, you know, a lot can change when, you know, a a bad run form spirals. Um, I think, you know, the key thing for Bristol City now is to grind out draws when they can um, keep nicking results like they did at home to Huddersfield. Um, and hopefully they can just you know keep floating in that mid-table area all the way until March, um, you know, to keep themselves keep themselves uh, clear in the head. Um, as for Brentford, um, Brian and Boimo, who you know we were talking about, is going to be their burst-out player so far this season. Well, Tariq Fosu, um denied of a hat-trick by a width of a hair at the weekend at home to Wickham in an emphatic seven-two win uh, for Brentford. <laughs> putting yeah. in a really good performance here. He's been, you know, played all over the shop this season, which is, you know, something I wouldn't have expected when he first signed for Brentford. Um, but he's been absolutely tremendous uh, ever since he's now done the spot on the right wing, cutting in and, you know, um, you know, with those whipped shots towards the far post being one of his trademarks, they're really nice to watch. Um, another interesting, um, it just shows, you know, how well Thomas Frank has done at Brentford. Um, you know Joshua Silva, who was out for the game, who had you know nailed down his spot on the right side of the midfield three, who can you know cut in and you know try his bending left-footed shots into the far corner. Um, you know to adapt um, in forward trans in attacking transition and in attack to you know fold into a four-two-three-one where you know you know and Jensen are really you know two metronomes in um, the base of midfield and allowing some Man us to kind of have a free roaming role um and you know driving through the half spaces um which is you know obviously where they got their third goal in midweek um it you know speaks of a tactical diversity at Brentford which is going to serve them in really good stead uh for the um uh, for the future um another interesting thing is obviously um uh brentford 's uh transfer business uh, Recalling Beck Sorensen mainly. Um, it speaks to, you know, it being Pontus Janssen's injury is longer than uh, it's being left out to the media. Uh, so we'll see how that develops. Um, but no, it's it's been a very, very good week for Brentford. Um, I mean, you know, conceding four goals in two home games may not be the best, but I mean, if they're attacking like that and they're producing chances, like, Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. 10 goals <laughs> Yeah, don't exactly. Don't um, think, uh, yeah. They, they really shouldn't have too much work.
0: Yeah, uh, indeed. <clears throat> uh, looking back at the weekend, of course, uh, you were quite uh, well unsurprised by Watford's capitulation to uh, QPR, with Dini scoring his customary penalty, I think, and then QPR coming back and playing. Yeah, it would have been the most
1: win. Watford thing to ever Watford. Um, if they...
0: <laughs> Well, the the thing is, Alp. I mean, I cannot. They're the most functional team in the championship because. The number of times I've checked their score, it's a one 0 or a two one at Vicarage Road. I think they have the best home record, and they've scored in every single home. Yes,
1: uh, that that record lives. Um, but um, you know, I think the alarm bell started ringing at the lineup. Um, you know, still sticking to just bizarre team selections and players who just haven't been performing. in Tom cleverly, and even Will East, to be honest. And obviously, the the staying power that Deany has at the club is really not healthy. Um, And, you know, a QPR side who um, are back on the up. Um, Stefan Johansson is just a, what a bit of business. I mean, I know there's a bit of, um, uh, the fans may not be too happy that they're signing a player from Fulham, Um, but to just add bodies in midfield for them and who's, you know, a nice little creative midfielder will be of really, really important use. And he slotted in really well alongside um, the in the middle of the pitch um and i mean Charlie Austin is scoring goals how brilliant is it to see uh, another away goal yeah. uh, for him uh, which has had a um, an important outcome uh, on the game uh, and i mean it was a completely deserved win for QPR and um they're starting to ease my fears of relegation um because you know that they're, they're, they're creating opportunities now in a sense well, how yeah, make no, it definitely that, does, it and um, that, that you know the effect of that is twofold—not just in solidity, but also easing the burden on Ilya's chair in terms of creating chances. Um, and I mean, when you're playing a three-five-two with two foxes in the box, um, you know, laws of averages will tell you the more balls you get in, um, the more you know goals you're going to score.
0: Indeed. Yeah uh yeah they are getting and Macaulay Ball and Charlie Austin you know you've got yeah. two what i would call to, um, up front so it, it is all about getting the ball into dangerous areas and creativity is what they need and i think Stephanie. Yeah, definitely no i definitely i definitely
1: would and i mean there's, there's going to be a lot more to come for it uh, just to kind of um finish yeah. off our talk at the bottom of the championship um <sighs> It does look, I mean, Wickham have a really good run of three games. They've got Forest, Derby, they've got Forest and Derby in two of the, and Sheffield Wednesday. It's their next three games, right? Assuming they don't put a run of wins together in that, Wickham look down. That's of no fault of Wickham at all, I must say. And like, they don't deserve to only have 15 points a season at all. Um, And I'm, I'm still definitely not ruling them out on staying up. But, if any team is most likely to get relegated, it is um And then obviously, then midweek opponents and Birmingham, despite some nice transfer business, you know, Jan Valery coming in from Southampton being the standout part of that. They also look like, you know, the most likely side, considering the considerable upturns in form for Forest, Derby, Rotherham, Sheffield Wednesday. So, I mean, who's going to be that third team? Is it going to be one of the sides we see now who's in a good run of form? Maybe Sheffield Wednesday? um or is a side gonna just awkwardly drop back in uh like Millwall or coventry um because because to me i i i am starting to get worried about coventry um even though they've been impressive so far this evening they just might not have enough in the tank uh coming yet
0: well that's a very good question al look qpr and coventry are in the same number of points and when we've uh and, okay, uh, Cardiff, QPR and Coventry, I'd yeah. say the relegation race, uh, these um, are, these, this is the top three. Uh, I'd say Cardiff and QPR are, are on good trajectory. So based on what we currently expect, yeah. I think they'll be pretty much safe. Uh, and that makes it much more difficult for Coventry. But I think Forrest and Derby are better teams yeah. than Coventry. And I think they have the consistency to do it. But then again, I do still think there are three teams worse than... In fact, having said that, I think Birmingham yeah. could be dragged into it. Uh, Wotherham and Sheffield Wednesday. So, so yeah, I, th- I, I think there's serious cause for control. Uh,
1: yeah, and I do. And as I say, it's, it's bizarre how, you know, again, quite, kind of similar to, you know, last season's relegation race in the Championship. It's through no fault of their own, really. Um, you know, I don't think there's a, one side who are completely abject in the Championship this season. Uh, which is rare. Indeed, um, uh, yeah. you know, um, uh, it's uh re- it's really good to see. Um, obviously, you know, th- we're yet to see if the consistency is there with Rotherham. Uh, so we do need to see if they can keep this good level four. Well, hmm. it
0: seems to be there, which um,
1: some say. people have touted um, Huddersfield uh, to be a side who are gonna uh, drop. Um, but I can't see that. I mean, they're in a pretty poor run of form at the minute. But, I mean, the underlying numbers are still good on the core brand, And they still, you know, outplay their opponents a the vast majority of times. Uh, so I wouldn't be too worried about uh, Huddersfield in the long term.
0: So uh, that's the bottom of the table. Uh, Coventry seemed to be in da- to be at the risk of being in danger. A quick word on uh, Norwich's draw with Middlesbrough. Uh, well, yeah. new one. well, a good result for... Uh, uh, yeah, any one yeah, being sent so, off, which, uh, yeah. uncharacteristically, uh, well, what, what do you, how do you, two nil nils in a game row game for here? Norwich? And, um,
1: I wouldn't say I'm starting to get worried about them because, you know, it's a 46 game season and we all know, you know, how good they are at creating chances. Um, but they have been surprisingly impotent over the last two games. Um, and I mean, there's, there hasn't really been too many excuses for that. Well,
0: when they're yeah. being sent off.
1: Um. Week, I mean, the something. the thing that's puzzling me is, I mean, Kenny McLean has returned from injury now, and um, um Farker is still choosing to partner Ollie skip in the in the middle of the park, um, which I mean, I'm not a huge fan of. Um, I mean, I, I I love Kenny McLean as a footballer. I think he's a fantastic driving midfielder. Um, you know, has a right balance of aggression, and you know, uh, um nice consistent passes into the various channels and pitch or you know playing it directly to pinky uh when he can because we, we all know puke has that in his locker um but as i say i i wouldn't i wouldn't be too worried about norwich um we all know that you know the players they have the their disposal will definitely be able to create regular chances um and you know they have you know a diverse range of attacking players to use when certain methods aren't working, I mean, uh, Placetta is a rough diamond of a winger, he's really, you know, bitty and aggressive, Camwell's obviously more elegant, uh, Buendia is just an incredible footballer, <laughs> you know, but simply, um, you know, uh, Onal Holandes offers, offers you know, a direct injection of pace, um, Kieran Dowell's just, you know, is a left foot, um, but very decent left foot at bat. Um, so Norwich do have plenty of options And I think that will help resolve their Goal-scoring I well, wouldn't say crisis But their goal-scoring troubles uh, very soon Yeah
0: and you'd say, so, 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 so Norwich do have the, uh, the uh, antidotes And uh, we're just
1: assuming Some good results of them recently um, But it is absolutely brilliant I mean, Michael Keane Belt has just s- slipped in to the side like he's been there for the last, like he's been playing for Millwall for the last twenty years. Um, he he he's just perfect for them. Um, like the amount of times he goes to the ground there uh, to you know put in a thunderous sliding tackle, it's just uh, it's it's quite heartwarming uh, for me, really. As a as a traditionalist, um, so yeah, hopefully hopefully more of that.
0: Yeah. Indeed, a typical Millwall signing. You'd you think, yeah, that's the kind of uh, player they'd respond to. Uh, Millwall fans, if they in the stadium, so that's encouraging for them. They'll be enjoying watching him. But another, uh, just uh, I know, but a Swansea entertain Norwich tonight, which is a huge game. And as, as we were discussing, with the uh, bookies' odds, even they can't. Yeah, no, it's
1: um, it's very interesting. And I mean, uh, is it going to be a uh, nil-nil, three-nil, nils, and a rifle Norwich? It very well may be. Um, uh, I I can see quite a few you know scenarios happening in this game to be honest, um because you know both sides want to dominate possession, um and so I mean I think the midfield battle is going to be key and I I think to be honest Swansea may have the edge of that on that especially with Conor Harahan, um you know being the new signing he they may just have the edge on um two fairly inexperienced players in the Championship and Rupp and Skip if indeed. Um, Daniel Farker does go with Lucas Rupp to partner Skip. Um, he might go with McLean just for the experience. I mean, I hope he does. Um, but I think clinicality is going to be really key uh, in this game. Uh, Yuki and Jamal Lowe respectively, are going to have to have their best finishing boots on uh, if either side are going to have to. If either side are going to, you know, take home three points. Um, but I mean, either way the result goes, it's not a disaster uh, for either side.
0: Indeed. Very interesting.
1: It's different, uh, to,
0: yeah. um, uh, it's so different yeah, to
1: um do you remember Leeds Norwich in the eighteen nineteen season at Ellen Road? Um and Norwich won three one uh on a Saturday evening and Vranchich scored and that's a blinder of a free kick. Well yeah, it's
0: it's funny. I remember uh, so you know Stuart Weber is obviously the director yeah. of football or whatever whatever you want to call it at Norwich, uh uh, so Jack Reeve had him on on his show, which was, I think, a bit of a to have your director of football on the show. But uh, but he, he he basically said that uh, that uh, from a, from within the club that result they could see that because th- he said that Norwich side looked so good in training leading up to that game.
1: Yeah, no, for absolutely. And, I mean, hopefully he'll be uh, saying a few things in uh, in future years about Norwich's uh, prep uh, for this game, uh, but it's it's definitely uh, a fixture the weekend uh, for you know. Uh, Significance, if not entertainment, uh, but with that, uh, we can move on to League One chat, where uh, our friend Louis uh, joins us to do a bit of a Charlton uh, dissection.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, how are you guys doing?
0: Welcome to the. Where well, we're good. Welcome to the show, Louis. Uh, so, where do you want to begin with Charlton? Do you want to talk about the recent transfers um, or I think I
2: think the window can. We can start, and we can lean it into the season because I think. It explains some of the, the the ups and the downs that have you know occurred so far um you look at the window here um and it's pretty much just attacking profiles being brought in right yeah and um yeah and and smith went back to qpr if i remember correctly um that's about it the the, the i think first of all around the end of the window you know on transfer deadline A, we, got, we got that last deal through but Throughout that day, you could see the sentiment from Chartman fans was this window isn't good enough. We haven't addressed our needs. Um, but I remember then afterwards seeing a rating of, of transfer windows and somebody put Chartman's transfer window pretty high up. Because if you do look at the quality of the players we've got, got some players that complement each other very nicely. got some players that have actually got some proven quality. And, you know, again, you've you, you got to give players more than five games to, to gel, to, to, sit, you know, to settle in, to play well. And, you know, for the likes of Ronnie Schwartz and for the likes of Jaden Stockley, he was already taken to form very well. Liam Miller was taken to form really quickly. Um, you give him a few more games and you see how they, you know, play together, uh, how they integrate with Chucks and the UK. And I think ultimately, as a whole, what the season has boiled down to, has been just a bit of lack of luck when it comes to, to the squad. There have been some lackluster performances, don't get me wrong. But... Um, i think people were calling for both said it's way 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 out of line considering you know that that far mm-hmm. superior start to the season you look at the lineup we had against portsmouth we beat them 2-0 um at their place and and the midfield and the attack i mean i think the center backs were just uh gunter and um uh, and Innes. and uh, the midfield was just uh prats williams and uh, and smith and and it wasn't you know extraordinary we've 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 bolstered the attacks instead. But the defence has zero organisation, and and I think the only issue with with Bowie is that he refused to, to bring in defensive cover, because he thought that, yeah, Gunter Watson and Prattley can all slot into centre back, and that uh, Pierce and Oshilaja are centre backs anyway, and that uh, Innes and Famewo, you know, they're obviously the two best centre backs in the club, but you know you can't just depend on two players, and like I get the logic there, but Oshilaja has been questionable in every game so far. Um, there's been no game where he's been solid 100%. Um, Gunter has basically left a gaping hole right back because Adam Matthews decided he's a winger now. and He just doesn't want to play right back. And... Uh, Jason Pierce is finished. He's absolutely finished. I, I loved him and I said he should have started at the start of the season. But I was wrong. I'm going to hold up my hands and admit that. I was completely wrong. Because he, he is he doesn't have a vision of the game. He doesn't have... Uh, any of the pace anymore? He doesn't put his, you know keep his head up and, and look for the ball, and it's very disappointing. Obviously, but but I think we knew that come come November from the way he was playing. And I think you know, Boyer's a very honest and sort of you know serious man. He takes loyalty very seriously, so I can understand why you would want Jason Pierce around the club. But at the end of the day, he, he's not fit to be to be starting. You know, least of all game in game out. And um, yeah, I think there 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 shortcomings in the squad um but every single game you know you know the the stats always very very similar with the opposition you know same around amount of possession and shots um but we always have you know a foul too many or, or we miss those 50 50s and we we're not clinical and we've gotten players who are more clinical um we we just need the right you know lineups the right midfield to click and and the right two centre backs to come in and and you know I think I think that's uh that's all that's lacking at this point.
1: I think uh, certain certain um, there are certain players in the Charlton squad where uh, analysis on them keeps eluding uh, me. Um, one mm. of which is um, Ben Amos in goal. Mm. Um, I think it's I think it is pretty evident the drop off um, from having Dylan Phillips in goal. Yeah, who was such a match winner so consistently. To I mean a fine League One goalkeeper in Ben Amos, um, but you know yeah. who you know can't quite produce the match-winning saves um, that you know his his predecessor did. It's kind of similar to what we're seeing at Sheffield United this season with you know Henderson being replaced with a fine keeper in Aaron Ramsdale, but someone who's you know not just not his level of quality. Um, yeah. Is that a fair assessment, or you know is he uh, uh, you know the
2: long-term option? I don't think he's a long-term option, but I think you know. I think if you're relying on the keeper to be to be game winner that often, then then there's a bigger issue that you should be looking at. Um, You know, we need to be looking at the long term uh, defense. And I think I think Ben Amos is a very, very good league one keeper. Um, He's nowhere near Dale Phillips, but we talked about this in the past. I think both of you have talked about this independently as well. You know, he's honestly a Premier League quality uh, stopper. and you know, the first few games of the season, because Ben Amos had the right defence in front of him, he looked completely solid. Um, you know, he looked like he could keep, keep a clean sheet every get you know, week in, week out. And you know, here he's laying a couple of goals that like, you know, that were avoidable. Um but it's it's nowhere, you know, it's nowhere near the level of being unacceptable. It's absolutely League One level. Um
1: another another one of these players for me is Connor Washington. Mm. Um, for for Northern Ireland he's played up front in a four four two, a line strike in a four five one on the right wing in a four three three. Um like many of the players in the Northern Ireland squad, he gets <laughs> yeah. um and it's kind of been similar for Charlton this season. I mean he had a period of time where he was flanking either an Eke or Bogle um up front. Um and now he's been outcast uh, completely uh, to, you know, fit Stockley and Schwarz in uh, mm. up front. Um, do you think he'd be better as you know an impact off the bench, or um, is there a role for him going forward?
2: Well, I don't think he's been. I don't think he's been frozen out. Frozen out. I think the last two press conferences both said that he was. There um, was a bit of tightness. Um, yeah. I think a thigh or something. Um, and you know, reasonably, just throughout the window, the way it's been, you know, he's, there, there were some games where you rest him to play the other options, but yeah. there were some games where I think most of them were just the case of you know not playing him too much, not risking that. Um, I don't know. I want to say that Ronnie Schwartz is better, um, but he's more—he he touches the ball much less than someone like Connor Washington does. Mm. Um, the difficulty is, you know, some of the best strike striking pairings, uh, strike pairups, we had. Um, obviously, the best one uh, in, in recent memory—you know—it only lasted a few months, obviously—was um, Lyle Taylor and Carlton Graham, and and they complemented each other so well, and they played really well together, and it's a shame it only lasted a few months because. What they did really well, and what you know uh, Taylor and Bond did well to a lesser extent, is the one is, one comes down and gets the ball, which is namely Lyle Taylor, uh, and one is you know very very good at finding those positions, staying on side, and making the right run at the right time. And having... Well, Jaden yeah. Stockley is a good
0: option for getting down. I the issue is with Jaden
2: Stockley is that he doesn't you know he he sticks to his to, to the two centre backs he's trying to get around. And he doesn't come down to the wings or to the midfield hmm. to recoup ball. Cool. Uh, La Taylor did that extremely well. And I think the issue is none of our strikers really do that. Um, all for, apart from Conor Washington, to be honest, all the three others are very, very content and good at um, staying up top. So I would like to say that Conor Washington should be the one paired with any of the other three. Um, Jane Stockley, like you said, asked to, to to get the head, to get the headers down um Chuks as well to a lesser extent mainly you know to to hold for hold up play um and you know in, in in tighter spots because of his dribbling ability uh and Ronnie Schwartz mainly just in the box because he's such a clinical finisher but it, but it's finding that combo and finding that combo is really tough um
1: i'd like to talk a bit on formations uh, now um it's interesting because of well point 1 a diamond is a formation which takes a lot of time to gel um, but point two, on paper, it's the formation that seems to get the best out of uh, the certain players that Boja wants at his disposal. I mean, it's the perfect formation for Ian Martin, uh, for yeah. example, uh, who's, you know, as, um, he's, he seems to have that Giovanni Van Bronckhorst in him that he loves to, you know, <laughs> just cross field shot into the top. Um, it suits uh, JFC really well. Um, you know he can play those quick passes either out wide or back into the center which he's so good at with his close control um and you know i'll alby morgan is you know uh, less restricted um in his position um do you want to see the diamond going forward or do you want to see a back to back to basics uh 4 442hm i
2: think it's an interesting consideration um i mean personally uh, I, I i always stand by my own my own philosophy of play, which is a 4, th- a four 2 3 1, it's the best out have any group of players. Uh, and I think that's very, very possible with this lineup. But, um, but I mean, realistically speaking, um, you're going you know, to have a four four two of some form, whether it's a diamond or a flat T. Yeah. And uh, it, it, it's tough because, yeah, the diamond, like you said, complements a lot of these players. But the issue is when you're not well drilled, when you don't gel, there, there's, there's no in between being really shit yeah. uh, and playing good football and the games where we have just not been good enough where it looks really lackluster is because that diamond leaves a lot of gaps if you don't know exactly what your duties are yeah. and that's been a problem you know do we have the patience to do that until the end of the season to, to teach that to have the right players to figure out who our optimal lineup is can we afford that when we're, we're already over halfway um we need to be picking up form right now. You know, we I think the next six games, the, the, the average uh league position of the next six teams we're playing are teams. Yeah.
0: Um Well, yeah. Not, not just that, just when we talk about league position positions in the league. Uh one worrying thing for Charlton yeah. is they've played more games than most of the teams around them. So in some yeah. ways you could say that their fate is in is yeah, substantially it, not in their hands. That's something obviously that worries me. But
2: I mean I, I true but to an extent you know can you do much about it at this point like you can look back and be like "Fuck," you know five games in hand but at the same time um the only thing you can do then is to to, to combat that is, is is to win as many games as possible and right now um while i totally agree yeah. because of you know the pandemic and because of football as it is the the ima- the place in the league isn't that necessarily representative of, of your ability um at the end of the day we have to pick up form at some point we have to go on a run at some point and win win, you know, get wins back to back, because that's how, you, that's how you get promoted in this business of in this, you know, sort of league. And it's these sort of clubs that are coming up that you need to win against, you know, we're going to be running out the season against some very, very difficult clubs. So we need to be putting ourselves in the top four conversation. Um, so that we have a cushion to fall back on. And I don't know if there's enough time to tinker with a with a diamond until it works in, that, you know, in that space.
1: Just um, rewinding the conversation a little bit back to a 4-2-3-1 point, um, that seems the most logical default option for Charlton at the moment. But I mean, my 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 big objection with a four-two-three-one is that often the player at number ten is just completely wasted, um, mm. and is caught into that. You know that famous Mourinho interlude, uh, that aphorism uh, that he makes. Yeah. Um, who do you think would be the best player to suit that? Um, would it be, you know, JFC as an enganche, you know, a proper hook between the midfield or, you know, somebody more physical who can, you know, stretch the fences.
2: It's it's a difficult one because it's namely that. Um you need a number you need a number ten who who does something very specific, right? Yeah. Um either it's a number ten who plays like a Trek Artista and you know, like like we've seen 4, 2, 3 in 423 ones of the past, or it's a number ten who's a lot more sort of he, he, he's about pressing, he's about a winning field position, he's about the transition, right? The tran- When you lose the ball, winning it back as quick as possible, or when you win the ball, making sure everyone else moves up at the right tempo. And if you have control of the ball, being the quarterback in that sense. Um, I think the latter is a lot more adept to Um You could take a risk with someone like Albie Morgan, who's got an absolutely fantastic uh, vision on him and a fantastic left peg, uh, sorry, right peg, rather. Um you know, he he's got an amazing ability to carve out a ball. He presses very hard. He's just not very physical. Um, or, uh, if I'm honest, I think you could do it with someone like Connor Washington. Um, it would take a lot of training, a lot of you know, uh, getting him into the right habits. But his pressing is very, his pressing is always really, really good. He knows how to put a player under duress without you know it taking too much of out, out of his uh out of his stamina and I think he's someone who could, who could win back field position like that. Um the, the issue with the 4231 is exactly what we have been facing all season, which is that as soon as you lose the ball in the midfield or, you know, right inside their half, they're going to, you know, either try and go on the break or they're going to try and build around the wings. And you need your midfield to to adapt, you need your midfield to move towards the side of the ball um, where, where they're channeling uh, where they're channeling the playthrough. through. And so far our, our midfield's been absolutely a bit more doing that um so you need in essence a number 10 who's who's a bit more of a of an all-round player i don't think jfc would because jfc is a lot better suited to namely that you know being in the lower midfield and being able to to track back uh, when there's a transition um same with Prattley. Prattley is inherently you know a number six and he plays a bit further down and you want to be playing those two players um i, I think one of you know army morgan or o'connor or, or washington would be good choices
1: um, one of the other standout bits of uh, business that Charlton did uh, was getting um, Jayasimi, uh in yeah. uh, from from Inbred uh, on deadline day. Um, he is a he is a rough diamond. Hmm. He is a very very rough diamond. Um, but I th- I, I'm quite excited to see what he he can offer Charlton. Um, yeah, I, th- I, I I don't think Charlton have had enough. Um, Bulls in a china shop and just a bit mental players in um in recent years, yeah. and um, I think hopefully
2: it can provide that for you. I think people have doubted a little bit about his ability to to get the best out of the player because in his first few seasons, and especially the League One promotion season, he would get the best out of most of the squad to be honest. But the most impressive ones were with really young players, with Christian Bielik with Joe Rebo, and players like that, um, Dyke Steele as well, yeah. and, and players who who were considerably young. And he would really, you know, train them to have their best attributes. Since then, in the championship in this season, he's been having to do that, you know, to prove people wrong with older players. He, he tries yeah. to do it with Marcus Madison, give him a chance. Um, he tries to do it with, I mean, Johnny Williams, to a certain extent, he, he succeeded on, you know, one part, didn't succeed as much on another part. Um, but in general, the, and Ben Watson as well, you know, he's, he's been having to do it with older players. I think Lee bo has got an incredible knack for doing it with younger players. You know, Conor Gallagher obviously comes to mind really getting the best out of them. And I think that's why it was really smart. Um to bring in uh you know the, the who, who, I forgot the midfielder again. Uh six of them with the same name. Um <laughs> May all,
1: all the veterans kind
2: of merge into one. So. <laughs> no 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 the the youngster we brought into Arsenal. Oh, Matt um, Smith. Yeah Matt Smith. Um I, I think Matt Love Smith Matt. was a smart was a smart buy because honestly Matt Smith could be that number ten. Mm. Um we we forget. I think there's a good reason that we've forgotten that Lebo is so great with with reforming sort of younger players, and it's because he's been having to deal with you know older players. It is um,
1: a year ago to the day uh, since I've made my uh, Kingsway kickabout debut, um, and uh, yeah, wow, indeed. Um, and uh, wow. on that show, we were talking about um, Charlton's um, spir- spiral into bad form and then miserable January uh, mm. of uh, 2019-20. And um, uh, you pointed out that obviously COVID kind of put an end to this. Um, but on the horizon was a win of game was a run of games, excuse me, where like a run of wins was absolutely essential as you yeah. put yourself into that position. And as fate would have it, uh, Charlton next four, Charlton's next four fixtures, uh, Rochdale away uh, this week, mm-hmm. um, aside to uh, for all their mental. Um, Verve going forward uh, cannot defend, and uh, you know still hovering over the relegation zone. Gillingham at home, a side who are just nowhere near where they should be in the league, who have been pretty abject for 80% of their games this season. Fleetwood away, a side who are spiralling in bad form, and I mean. People look to Simon Grayson as an appointment on paper is a good one, but I mean, his last two jobs have just been abysmal at Sunderland and Blackpool, respectively, and then Burton at home, bottom of the league, and no signs of, you know, turning form any time soon. Um, 12 points is
2: needed now from this run of games. Hmm. It is. It's, um, you know, exactly like you said. Um, there are, there, in EFL football, uh, you need to go on runs. You, yeah. need to pick up, you need to pick up the, the, the points. You don't have the luxury of reassessing at various stages of the season because the gaps between the top half and the bottom half yeah. um, do feel more and more pronounced. No
1: more and
2: you need to take advantage of that. Yeah.
0: Also, mm. Louis, what do you think of Bowie's comments over the season? Yes, because there have been times when he's been touchy. We've to been very,
2: things. very lucky. And I think now's the time to count our blessings and to realise how lucky we've been over the last few seasons. Um, to, to have Boya and to, for him to have been so professional from the get go, you got to remember that he not only did he not expect to be obviously thrust into the Charlton job, um, he didn't even expect to be called up to be you know an assistant assistant manager uh, under Carl Robinson. Hmm. Um, you know the bloke's been in professional football management for a very short amount of time, and obviously things are going to test his nerves. Now he's, he's a he's a smart and he's a strong he's a sensible guy. And whenever he's, you know, when he made the comment on the fans, he retracted it afterwards because he realised it was out of place. And you, you always got to be able to to walk back on what you've said and to realise you're wrong and to admit you're wrong. And I think that's a fantastic quality. I think when it comes to players, you should be, you know, absolutely within your right to call out players in public. I think he's completely right when he says people have been, you know, shying out from tackles. Because, I mean, I managed to go to two games at grounds this season. Um, but I mean, watching other games from home as well, you notice that, yeah, other seasons where it's gone better... In transition, we're much more aggressive on getting the ball back as quick as possible. Um, here there is there is a little bit less of that yeah. that final step of aggression, just putting them a bit more under pressure, trying to go for a little tackle, nip a little interception. Um, I think he's within his rights to say that. Now is he under stress and duress? Yeah. Does that mean he expresses himself well, sometimes a little bit, you know, a little bit too vulgarly sometimes on the players or or, you know, in general on, on the performance of the team, perhaps. But, um, yeah, I think, you know, keep in mind that, that if he'd done, if he'd expressed himself the way he has this season, in his first season at Chatwin, we wouldn't be surprised at all.
0: Well, well the thing is, I mean, with Marcus yeah. Madison, he called him out for his, you yeah. know, lack of commitment. But he followed through, yeah. you know, he's out. He's gone a level below Charlton yeah. now. So, yeah, he's a man of his word. Like, you can't say That's that the he's thing. I think um, uh, he's active, I remember
2: when he came into the club... N- Nabi Saw wasn't wasn't you know anywhere near being uh, being onto the fir- uh, being onto the pitch you know first team. Um, shy, but now he's all right. He Used to be shy, but now he's all right. He used and to be shy. There's a very good reason for that. And Boya, you know, very publicly, when he started playing him a couple of times, said, "I think Nabs needs to step up. Nabs has quality, but he's not being serious enough, and he's not pulling this out of his ass." And what did he do? N- Nabi Saw got really, really serious, and now he's playing the championship, and he's you know deserves to be there. Uh,
1: I do wonder if um. Bayer's season, um, because I mean, logically speaking, this would be you know the, the period in charge where he's you know least touchy because he is, um, you know now he has no off-field issues to worry about per se, and he's got stability, um, finally. Um, but I I just think it might be out of now that stability is there, he wants yeah. to crack on, he wants to get promoted this season, he doesn't want to wait another season in League One, you know. Um yeah. let's really get the project project going again.
2: Yeah, I think that, that that's that's made him a bit touchy and I don't yeah. blame him for it. But I think he's always someone to you know, there there have been a couple of games this time with this season. We've gone into half time, being absolutely dreadful. And he's brought us out in the second half has been much, much better. And I think that in general, obviously on the course of ninety minutes, he's good at, you know, getting people to, to step back, take a breath, look at the larger picture. I don't doubt that for the season as a whole, he's a, he's able to sit down in his office and go look. Form is bad, you know, these players aren't doing too well, you know, these instructions aren't getting through. But, grand scheme of things, we've got the squad, we've got the quality, we can go again next week.
1: Um, if Charlton do make the playoffs this season, um, there's no standout team in League One this season, again. Um, and uh, by, by default, you know, no team who would uh, run away with the playoffs. Uh, That's yeah. Um, do you think you still have that underlying metal um, which was so crucial to you in the eighteen nineteen season which you know will set you apart
2: when you know those free games do come? The same metal no it's not the same amount and it's not the same type and a lot of that definitely has to do with, with fans being in the ground yeah um, but it's still the same man at the helm it's still the same sort of you know we're underdogs they don't you know the, the we have a mismatched squad, and, and you guys aren't meant to be, you know, pulling yourselves well. Now, in the past, it was because, you know, we had shit owners and a bad squad because of that, and you guys shouldn't be doing so well. Now, it's we have good owners, um, but you guys have all come from the corners of English football um, for this squad, and it should be gelling, and people people don't think it is, proven wrong. I think if you get fans into the ground for, you know, at least a couple of thousand of them, um, come May time, I think we have a really good shot. Um, it, it, do you want to get promoted this season? Yeah, yes, it's, yeah. There's, a, there's a very, very long summer transfer window, put it that way. Uh, look,
0: yeah, look, Alf, we have Charlton have the funds to invest, and Sandard will back. I going guess we yeah. can't, can't afford to more than one season with Sandard cap.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. That's a very good point. Um it's just you know, you have that memory of a glorious day getting promoted at Wembley in front of ninety thousand fans, which I will never have because there won't be ninety thousand fans. Last minute ones. winner. <laughs> but it's sixty thousand fans maybe, and yeah, I'm, 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 I want, I'll take ten. The, the ideal scenario is you know full stadiums are back um, uh, next season. And um, you know we also put in a really nice foundation season this season, and we win the league with over a hundred points next season. That's <laughs> the ideal scenario. Jason. <laughs> also, I'll, we won yes. championship yeah, away
2: yeah. um, this season. So we'll yeah.
1: did you, uh, you? Oh yeah, we, you missed. Um, was it Fulham away? Wh- which was the booze boat game you missed last season? Was it? Brentford?
2: No, was Fulham away. Yeah.
1: Was it Brentford? That no, you have the booze boat planned.
0: Yeah, boo- that was there was meant to oh, be
1: yeah, the Oh yeah, I think oh, we were problem. well gone, well done oh, by that tragedy. point. Tragedy. Yeah. Um, well thank you very much, Louis, uh, for your yeah, input you. on Charlton. Um, and um, I mean hopefully there are some more um, low key uh, celebrations soon, uh, less
2: over so <laughs> um,
1: Yes. Yeah. Uh, uh, a, 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 booze, a Booze DLR ride, maybe.
2: Like... Well, hopefully, a bit later than that, you know, no need for the for, for long. Yeah. Well, a DLR doesn't <laughs> we'll have time, but, yeah. so we're Thank you right. very much, Louis. Thank you, boys.
0: Thank you, Louis. It's a pleasure. So, yeah, that was our very esteemed friend, Louis Jacques, a former uh, editor of Raw for any Kings people listening and sports editor of Raw and, uh, yeah, an all round top bloke. So, uh, that's Chartwin very comprehensively dealt with. Uh, moving on to the rest of League One, uh, some very interesting results. Uh, so, uh, starting with the so, sorry, sorry bear with me. There's a lot. There's a lot of things. Uh, do you want to, do you, Northampton losing. It's, to it's the not Blackpool aside very Northampton
1: much result. on the up, and uh, these aren't the fixtures that are really going to matter for Northampton. Um, yeah,
0: that's one win in their past five, and they're one year point ahead of Wigan. Yeah,
1: uh, the right they they right are. Now. Um, obviously a pity that um their home game against Wigan, fellow relegation side Wigan, uh, was called off, uh, on the weekend. Um, Aki, this is really not the season we want. A cold snap last year into February, <laughs> in terms of fixture congestion. Um, uh, but you know, Celave.
0: Well, Alf, might I remind you of the winter of may 61, sixty-two or whatever, whatever it was—the Great Chill. Well, yeah, you do you, you, I'm sure, as a football fan, you're aware of that. If you, if you're not, then Wikipedia. Early '60s, the winter, they basically had to cancel a whole winter of football. But, but we still finished. I, I think they're still hope. But a at home game. to game. Uh Well, or. On the thirteenth, or well, next week, they've they've got a uh, Wickham on the ninth. That's that stands, Wigan on the ninth. Sorry, wrong league. But they've got Wigan at home and Burton at home. If they don't win, because because after that they're away at Ipswich. So two huge games coming up in Northampton and uh, and Keith Carr. Um, has they still, do indeed. Have to step um, up.
1: They're you know still comfortable in the knowledge that you know Rochdale and Swindon are gonna you know they they're not going anywhere. It doesn't look like. Um, you know, I've, I've been kinder to scum in, in recent weeks, but fundamentally, um, yes, yes. Um, Fundamentally, you know, the more and more it looks like Richie Welland's caught lightning in a bottle with them. And with Bristol Rovers, um, Paul Tisdale, it just hasn't clicked for him at Rovers so far. Um, and to be brutally honest, doesn't, so, show isn't showing any signs of clicking soon um that's important because i mean we wouldn't rule out a run of decent run of form for wimbledon um it kind of seems like they maybe they've just about hit their ceiling um but i still think there's a really good squad there and especially with joe Piggott, one of the best goal scorers in the league if you get the manager right there um they could really kick on and party maybe
0: Return to the women. <laughs> oh boy, well, it'll be interesting him at that level. But, but then again, uh, you remember that uh funny story I remembered about a party. You remember that uh, Asian player, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Chong yeah. uh, Chung, Chung, something like that. Chung Yong, yeah, funny story about him. Uh, he was uh talking to a newspaper back in Korea or wherever he's from, and he said, uh one time, uh, there were all all three substitutions have already been made, and uh, Padu oh, called yes. him to warm up oh, was... after three substitutes have been made. Then, yeah, his lack of awareness, <laughs> and he was fine for that by Padu, but uh, that that just uh, that 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 just sums up Padu in a nutshell, thought, doesn't it? Uh,
1: dysfunctional with, uh, antics back. Uh, the season does need, you know, the more spice we can get into a spicer season, the better, really. Uh, uh for me um uh but yeah no yeah. it's 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 part of a you know a, a crucial slate of fixtures um am upcoming uh, across the. well so Alf,
0: it's worth noting that gillingham are literally yes
1: playing they are. i think i no just flipped to and see that, and that, uh, and are up. And up. um he has got the goal oh sean mcgrande has got the goal um but Oh, so, I was so, just uh, going to say, um, uh, yeah, most players are that. I'm getting them not very good, essentially.
0: <laughs> uh, one club who, so you know, Akron and Stanley, look, having not, I haven't watched an Akron and Stanley game, obviously, ever. But the, the thing with Akron and Stanley is, people often go about them, go on about them, saying that they are literally the smallest team in the football league. I think not the case anymore with the likes of Forest Green and, and so forth. But having yeah had and so having but having said that they are punching well above their weight and taking League One by storm. I mean, I think a a, a, side, a club the size of Accrington uh, being in the Championship if they do get it, there, no it really is.
1: Um, and, well, Wickham League. being in the Championship. Uh, this, season, um, I mean, the two Chelsea yeah, lonies and Baxter be, yeah. in net and Nawakwa at left wing back are you know really kicking on and it's just you know part of the litany of
0: shrewd business from um, uh, Coleman. Yeah. So,
1: to go from it, Chelsea no, to that,
0: that's all, a load spot. All, really you know,
1: undertone football. banter there aside, it's it really one. is. Um, and it's great to see players, you know, not turning their noses up at, at quote-unquote lower league football because it is how you develop as a player. Um, I mean, you know, look at the current England squad that we have right now um and you know the amount of them who you know um who who you know really um uh you know like the kind of um uh i w- I, I was born in uh i was born in arsenal at Hale End, but i was made in the efl uh to quote that royal navy ad. you know um it is kind of like that um and i mean when you've got you know efl veterans like sean McConnell and colby bishop to you know lead them through that process it leads to a cr- tremendously balanced side um one
0: well it teaches humility yeah, physicality, and in terms um, and it's it's going to be
1: much. crucial um for Accrington Frappages. coming forward because there are three months essentially left of the season and they've got 24 games to play. Um it's gonna be absolutely mental. Um, and you know they probably won't be able to keep up their current run of form for all of those games. Um, but I mean across the course of a large stretch of games, the general trend is slowing, no signs of slowing down. And, um, I'm fairly sure they're going to be in, you know, our playoff preview conversation, uh, come May.
0: Indeed, they will be, uh, looking back at the weekend. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You talk about David Artel, I think, that's his name, isn't it? And crew. And, uh, they're surprised, doing surprisingly well. Uh, you know, last time they lost to Charlton on opening day, but they're they're, they're even on points with Charlton now. And I didn't think I thought they were a lower t- to mid table team, but no, they really they're, are. They're pushing up, pushing their way to the playoff places. And Crew have played in the Championship in this century. Am i Am so right in it's thinking
1: that maybe along with Plymouth
0: world, and perhaps another side that's eluding me, they're like quote unquote one of the biggest clubs
1: to never played in the top flight of English football. I believe it might be true. Don't quote me on that. I think it's yeah, Plymouth or crew or something yeah, like that. Yeah, something like that. Um, uh, but, but no, yeah. As, as we talked about in yeah. last week's show, um, you know they 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 were decimated this window. Um, you know, only further happening uh, on you know deadline day. Um, yes, Harry Pickering did go to Blackburn and they've got him back on loan. But you know, um, the long term future of that left hand side is you know up, up in um, up in question. Um, and you know the fact that crew are just continuing on as normal um, is, is quite incredible, really. Um, you know, they, 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 you know, on 27 games is you know um, they've been lucky uh, with their fixture cancellations, uh, which is ironic given what they did to Oxford at the start of the season. But I've let that go. Um, uh, but yeah, no, they're as a, you know solidifying themselves as a league one club. Um, you know, which will be the first time they've done so since, you know, the early 2010s after, you know, more or less an entire decade of just being an absolute shambles and, you know, bouncing up and down between, uh, between, uh, leagues two and one. Um, I'm sure we all remember in that series of, uh, yo-yos, um, Nick Powell's, uh, goal at Wembley as an 18-year-old against Cheltenham, uh, you know, left, left left-footed volley into the top corner on the spin. Best goal in the playoff final ever? certainly one of them um uh, and uh yeah but no no as a, as, a, as, a, as i was saying yeah solidifying themselves as a league one club is more than an impressive achievement
0: indeed indeed uh yep i think so yep consolidation and potentially being in a championship and playing respectably, yes especially being on being level on points with the likes of sunderland and whatnot uh looking also uh Back at the weekend. Uh, Sunderland, of course, drawing 2 2 with the Gillingham side, who um, tried But as yeah, pretty no, average. it's a, yeah, but it Sunderland down.
1: will be gutted. Um, in, in fairness, I, I, I think Gillingham deserved a point uh, from this. Um, Sunderland didn't really test Bonham in goal um, beyond their two goals, uh, to be honest. Um, I think in a season without fans, the inane sponsor trophy. Um, is actually benefiting Sunderland. Um and I do think that a potential game at Wembley will, will do the players good. Um you know, considering that it'll only be, you know, limited fans at Wembley for it. Um speaking of, you know, Oxford a game away from Wembley. Um I watch with eager eyes where um, not only, you know, Wembley, Bottle, jobs, Sunderland, another semi-finalist, but also Michael Appleton's Lincoln. And obviously Michael Appleton getting to two consecutive JPT finals of Oxford and losing them both. Um, I, I went to both. Um, 2016, 2016 was a lot uh, more fun. After um, the, we were underdogs. We did ourselves a lot of justice. It was still the JPT. Um, but obviously 16-17 was the first season of the B-team boycott. Um, I did end up going after much persuading. Um, And then we lost to uh, League Two Coventry, um, which was not ideal, um, 2-1. And um, just two, how did that not go in moments in the final 20 minutes made the, the train ride home from Wembley Station really, really painful um i swiftly moved on i had GCSE revision to crack on with <laughs> at that stage um my dad for that game actually met me uh in suit and tie and uh, travel rucksack and after he had just got back from uh, moldova uh on a um, on a business trip not a business trip whatever yeah uh on a, on a on an academic trip um, anyway, back to back to Sunderland. Um, they shouldn't worry. Um, they're doing very well under Lee Johnson. He's beginning to settle on a starting eleven, which is going to be key. Um, you know, in regards to what Louis said about building a run of form and consistency together, and um, Sunderland will like actism uh, I think will definitely be in that playoff picture uh,
0: come May. Yeah. Uh, yeah, of course, uh, a blip. But I like like uh, Charlton. Sunderland needs some consistency. And uh, with regards to the table, uh, Sunderland have played 24 games. So yeah, their level with Peterborough and Portsmouth. No, yeah, family, absolutely. Yeah, um,
1: I, I am saying this man. about sides who are currently outside the playoffs. Um, in Accrington, and Sunderland have just nipped in. We'll, we'll talk and about Oxford. Oxford, you know, in a more measured analysis once this, you know, pretty inexplicable run of nine wins in a row comes to an end. But I'm enjoying it. Um, I don't. Oh, 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 oh. Bedlam, that 4 3 wouldn't Rochdale.
0: watched now, I don't think it would, that, that was
1: a. Well, Camberwell you has never seen probably wouldn't have
0: limbs gone like out, but I'm sure Limp uh,
1: would have been. I don't know. But no. it. Portsmouth don't look like they're going to drop out, nor the Peterborough, nor the Doncaster, nor do Lincoln, nor the Hull, despite my, you know, continued scepticism of them. Um, yeah. But My Those point is, much like Bible. last that, season that, with the um, PPG, PPG gate, um, the League One playoff battle is, you know, it is tight and it is busy and it is narrow and it is on a knife edge. And I can't wait. <laughs>
0: Well, yeah, it's going to come down. Uh, yeah. You know, because uh, these rescheduled games, they're going to be in random midweeks, and it's easy to brush past it. And, and that so just
1: helps the narrative because it the means the that, you know, results go games, under the radar. Uh, or, and you think, oh, how's that team ended up there? Or, oh, I didn't know they picked three more
0: points. Oh, well, a sneaky character here, a bit of a smooth uh, a white yeah. horse. Doncaster.
1: Doncaster, Four brilliant. Um, fight, and that's even, you know, obviously. Uh, many were worried about, you know, the sale of Alfie Whiteman uh, to Preston. Um, you know, that, that was going to, you know, disrupt their midfield balance. Um, but it hasn't really. Um, you know, Rhys James is still, you know, providing um, uh, what they need in that respect. And in goal, um, you know, again, you know, Bursic came in, was very decent, got recalled. Lumley came in, was very decent, got recalled. They've got Ellery Balkan in, who's, you know, a player who has been a perennial uh, among England new squads over the years. And we've been waiting for him to get a loan in the AFL to see what he's made of and uh, two penalty saves at Lincoln at the weekend and just generally all-round solid performances and um I think David Ryer will be uh, looking very um uh, nervous regarding his long-term future as a number one at Brentford if um, Balcom continues on this trajectory.
0: Indeed, yeah. So, uh, Brentford, of course, always with the rise out on uh, talent in League One ready to poach and... Uh, Polish them for their future yes. Premier League careers, um, as we've seen. I've oh, been lucky,
1: lucky you, not just with Don Calvert-Lewin as an ex-Northampton player who's got an England cap, but another striker, Northampton Northamptonshire well, Shriker, who yeah. I'm sure will get an England cap in the near future.
0: Well, well, I hope so, and you know, it doesn't happen often. The last was Phil Neal. One no, work, was every region has its day. Even you know, Ollie Watkins... Giving yes. uh, that uh, southwest uh, in a region even more with with even more football scarcity than Northamptonshire, especially with surrounding clubs. Uh, so also, Michael Jacobs, as I mentioned, who scored for Portsmouth first against uh, before Ivan tony Also, he was Northampton Northamptonshire's best prospect for a, a decent footballing career. Yeah. In 2012, he moved from Northampton Town to Derby County. He was okay there. He's never been extraordinary, but he's forged a good career of himself in clubs. I think um, Just above um, Oxfordshire would um, uh,
1: like to claim uh, a few uh, Berkshire players now that we've absolved parks of Berkshire, when it was still Berkshire, in, into Oxfordshire. Um, and i uh, a few of those players in the 70s and 80s, but now Oxfordshire's England uh, is still there. Um Oh, of course. Oh, oh yeah. No, don't get me started. To merge um, m- again, mad to think how different my childhood might have been if that happened.
0: Um,
1: it, it is. Um, well, and, I mean, look, Reading on really not our future, island, um, but <laughs> The left
0: side of our rivals. Re- oh,
1: come on. I, like, obviously, in the pre COVID era. Um, so, like, last January, for example. Um, we've been lucky with a nice string of, you know, glamorizing cup fixtures in recent years. More than anything in that third round draw in January 2020, uh, Reading away. I really wanted Reading away. Um, but alas, it didn't come. Uh, but hopefully it will come. Oh, yeah, I've been uh, Majewski, um uh, been two or three League times. League? I think three, um, but all of them with Bristol City with uh, my
0: mate. Uh, Well, yeah of course bristol and cardiff yeah love the apple um, love, yeah love, no love, it, love, it was uh, I, I remember yeah,
1: one uh, one of our oh, yeah. Bristol city away days to reading it was uh, the weekend after trump was elected um and uh in 2016 and um roy Beerens scored an absolute rocket uh for reading into the top corner um it was also the first time i've ever tried a can of carabao um uh, i got the apple flavor it was all right um uh but
2: i i, I don't
0: want to see all the fuss about it. yeah well i mean with the, this is thing with energy drinks Off, they all pretty much taste the same yeah. it's just a uh, it's money laundering for some people i always say but you know uh but 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 yeah that's uh that's uh, plan, that's alternate histories out the way uh so yeah I and mean, unless you have any other teams you want to pay special attention to uh you know, Porterstone. Uh, Tis- uh, Tis- uh, Jason Tindall got the sack. Uh, would you say that, given Ipswich is recent it been, form, hasn't Lambert's it been on the block for a year on now? The block? Uh, <laughs> or does Mike Well, the thing is, or does the Marcus Marcus Evans just not? I, I think that, that is feasible. Well I think the on. evidence. That only, I think that's feasible.
1: Know, uh, only becomes more weighty um, when you consider that there's no reason my number should have been sacked already. Um,
0: Well, I mean, it's sad that, you know, Ipswich fans don't deserve... Uh, no, they one, don't. Do um, this, ...and two, un- absent of an um, owner, as Marcus
1: Evans And, is. you know, they're obviously being left uh, frustrated. I mean, there is a squad there, you know. Um, there is a League One promotion winning squad there. That is undeniable. Um, especially when you look at some of their additions that they've made, which look really good on paper, such as Keenan Bennett's ball. So this uh, transfer window, like Troy Parrott, um, I'm not sure it's a very good move for Troy Parrott, actually. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, earlier this season, but, um, you know, Troy Parrott needs to score some goals and he he needs to a team the where they don't create chances for goals. <laughs> um, so it, it, it seems a bit counterintuitive, really. Um, but anyway, uh, it will it'll provide him with some good
0: uh, experience, uh, at least. Yeah, indeed. If Town town, eh? The, 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 I'm sure... Uh, yes, that no, that is a very, very good point. Every god there um, is that there and, are no that That's, in that's, that's, that's deep deep. the case for a lot of clubs at the minute, I'm sure. Yeah. But, yeah, I think that's uh, League One pretty much wrapped up. Well, uh, and um, uh, two not, very, not uh, too, too many groups, you know, uh, to finish lost,
1: but, um, us off, but just as a... You know, I, I do mock VL Glossico and I do mock Forest Green Rovers, um, but two excellent results for them. Um, you know, as much as I hate them as a club, I can't deny they're doing very, very well at the minute. Um, you know, two in, well, a, a very respectable draw away at um, uh, promotion, fellow promotion contenders, Cheltenham with a nil 0 and then a winner. Um, I, I want to say table topping Cardiff, uh, Carlisle, excuse me, because they essentially are on PPG. Um but uh at least also fellow promotion contenders, um, Cardiff City. And um I am starting to regret not putting them into my uh top three prediction in uh early January I did with not the top twenty. Um and developing on our Charlton conversation very slightly just to add even more depth. Um Josh Davison, uh obviously online from Charlton Forest Green has um has has sorted in really nicely by all accounts for him so far. Um, and uh, yeah, just as we've discussed, um, the League Two uh, promotion race is um, very tasty indeed.
0: Yeah, uh, so, so that's League 2 Uh I'll quickly, our uh, previewing this weekend. We've talked about Swansea v Norwich. Uh, Middle. Middlesbrough- um, I Brentford, think that's going to uh, be a one 0 to Brentford. What, do do Ivan Tony,
1: seventy-fifth okay. minute, uh, low cross into the box, tap-in.
0: Okay, that's
1: typical. I see that happening and uh, yeah um I think that might be a bit more I of say. a formality. So City
0: um, reading.
1: I, I am starting to really like reading this iteration of reading um they're just they they just know what they do and they've just got consistent quality and they're bastards, and they're wily and it's great <laughs> they they take all of my all of my uh, all of my boxes i guess um but I mean. Uh, I mean, aside from the kind of faux River 7 derby, it's not really a derby. Um, it's only been made a derby because Bristol City haven't been playing Bristol Rose in recent years, really. Um, apart from that, I think Wickham Forest um, is, the, is the biggest game this weekend in the Championship. Uh, obviously, apart from the, um, uh, the big hitter tonight. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. I, I fancy oh, well, Wickham yeah, in that Wickham game. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, yeah really well it, it would be a proper scrap because you know he pushes teams i i fancy forest uh in terms yes, of uh, one you know can... quick, uh, mk don's entertain sunderland that that's a good one uh i, I could already in, in, Absolutely. in normal times i can already
1: um, imagine like, obviously it's you know it must be frustrating sometimes. um COVID in this situation because obviously mk don's playing sunderland on tuesday night in any normal time i'm sure Sunderland would have just you know stayed in uh the many of the horrid uh, corporate uh hotels surrounding uh, that, that retail park. That's um cool. but no, um I mean all, all bias aside, um I, I actually do think the biggest game in League One this season is Doncaster or Oxford.
0: Yep, I agree. I in agree terms of form, yeah, know, but I mean this going really put yeah, it's gonna really it's Oxford's
1: uh our our promotion. Yeah. Winter, no. yeah. It is form guide Derby, exactly. Oh, the form um, guide Derby. Uh, I think this is where our run ends. To be honest, I'd snap your hand off for a for a point. Um, but I mean, if if we do even get a win here, uh, that really, you know, convinces me that we're in preparation push um, uh, now. Which which is you know just uh, absolutely remarkable, uh, uh, really. Um, but you know, I, I think Doncaster are one of the best sides in the league at the minute. Just quickly, uh, just to round off the League One preview. Um, you can get very, very good odds at the minute on Shrewsbury beating Swindon. Um, so, uh, if any people do fancy that. Um, and yeah, bet responsibly, of course.
0: Bet responsibly. Yeah, but yeah, good odds there. And uh, yeah, in terms of exciting yeah. fixtures, I'd say you have top playing, bot- well, pretty much top playing bottom. Yes, a big game
1: at the bottom and, of the uh, league.
0: Oh, um, it's really just not it, clicking
1: actually. for Wigan at the minute. Um and I do think that um you know, Wimbledon, despite their recent woes with the quality of their having their scoreboard finally put a team from the sword and you know, get their season back on track.
0: Yeah. So uh that, that's that's our weekend preview for the best action in leagues one and league and uh, the championship. Uh some great uh, yeah, league I league think just on paper the sulfur uh, bulk. One or two um, only just
1: Yes, yeah, just for, just as it were, just for kind of semi-big Imagine that
2: with fans, Well, not
0: judges that, but in yeah. historical context, you've got a football, <laughs> what I think is a Football League founding member. Or Absolutely.
1: Um, and uh, the other what is uh, massive much game in League Two is uh, Mansfield against Forest Green. Forest Green, who obviously just talked about and praised. Uh, but Mansfield, with five wins in a row, have been cruelly... You know, interrupted in their amazing run of form under Nigel Clough because of various uh, weather cancellations, um, and again, I, I, to be honest, I fancy Mansfield to keep it going, um, and um, I, th- I really can see Mansfield being a flyer into the playoffs from the end of this season. Yeah,
0: indeed, indeed. But yeah, uh, thanks everyone for listening. It's been a pleasure. Uh, we had Louis on for to for that, listening. and. Uh, yeah. Uh, buy from myself. Buy from Alf.